afternoon, everyone. Happy New Year to you. I hope that each and every one of you enjoyed the Christmas holiday season and that you got to spend time with uh, your significant others, your friends, your family, and that God just blessed you. But we're so glad that you are back here uh, today. And uh, again, I got a few things that I also want to let you know are happening right after this service. If you've been new to this church in the last few months and or you've never come to one of our uh, welcome lunches, we are having one of those right after this service today. And it's an opportunity for you, your family, to come and get to know our leaders, uh, myself and other pastors here, as well as to find out some information about really how you can become more involved at Eastside City Church. So uh, if you hadn't signed up for that, that's okay. It's going to be right in here about 20, 30 minutes after the service is, is over, and I want to invite you to come and be a part of that. As well, today is, uh, uh, later in the service, we're going to have our time for to take our offering and our tithes, um, but one of the things I want to let you know that you can be prepared for, if you want to give and still get credit on your tax receipt for 2016, today's the last day that you can do that. All you need to make sure that you do is post-date your check or predate your check to December 31st, and we will make sure you get credit for that if you would like to do that. As well, this Wednesday, prayer begins again on Wednesday night. Now, I have great expectation. I want you to understand that I have great expectation for what God is going to do this year. And I believe that it's going to start as we come together to pray. And so I'm believing God is going to do more things, speak to us. We're going to see more prophetic uh, words. We're going to see more people healed. We're just going to get clear direction for what God wants to do in our house. So I want to invite you to come and join us on Wednesday nights from 7.15 to 8.30. And now in the week after this week, we're actually going to have our mega prayer uh, nights. And that is on the Wednesday, the Thursday, the Friday, the 18th, 19th, and 20th. We're going to have a great time of seeking God to see what, again, to, for his blessing and his provision for this year. Who wants more of God in your life this year? Who wants to see God do greater things? Well, I want to invite you, come and participate in that. Well, I want to say this, that New Year's, or New Year's Day, equals new opportunities. It's a time, and I believe this, when many of us make resolutions or promises that we know we're probably not going to keep. We hope that we do. We want to do good things, but most of the time, it doesn't work out the way that we thought it would. Like, I'm going to jog three kilometers every day as long as it's not colder than 10 degrees Celsius outside. Or I'm only going to watch, I'm not going to watch more than an hour of television a day uh, starting tomorrow. And I'll start that tomorrow. Or I won't eat any chocolate this year except on Sundays, holidays, and the, the, I think there has to be a holiday today like um, Pet Godparents Day or something like that. You know, there's always different holidays that are going on wherever. You see, sometimes we want to do good things. We want to improve things in our life. But we kind of make half-hearted attempts or promises. Or maybe we just give up altogether. I, I, I want to know here today, who here has actually made some resolutions for this year? Things that you're trying to do. How many are you going to put here? Who here has just kind of said, uh, it's not even worth it? That would be more of your, your thing. Or maybe, maybe it's day eight. You've already kind of blown it. <laughs> You've already, okay, it was a good thought. It was a good idea. Well, that is why today we are going to, for some of you, start a series 
called Resolved, or for those that were here last Sunday on New Year's Day, continue a series that's called Resolved. Let's try this again. Uh, Why are we saying that? Well, because it can be really hard for us as individuals to make positive changes in our life. Uh, But I believe this, it is absolutely necessary for us if we want to experience the full measure of health, blessings, uh, growth, and fulfillment in our lives. And I believe this for you, that this can be your best year ever if you want it to be. It is something that we can choose to have a greater and better year if we want to. And I believe that that's what God's desire is for your life. So I want to start off by saying this to you, that you can do it. That you can be more successful in growing and maturing in every area of your life if you choose to do so. And it's my goal as your pastor to help you to do so. You see, I believe this, we do not need more guilt or shame. Uh, We get enough of that every day. Sometimes we feel that way when we look in the mirror. It's something that that just kind of happens to us. But I believe that God wants to help us be more successful. Now, last week I shared with the people that were here, this is what you need to do if you want real change. First of all, you need to make a plan. You need to set some goals. That If you don't make plans, nothing will ever happen. I used to hear, had a boss that would say at work, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. And so I'm saying to you today, if you want to see change happen in your life, that you should write some things down that you would believe for. Some things smaller and some things great. Secondly, you need to have passion for what you're doing. You need to believe in yourself that you can be successful. I want you to know that, that you can and you will be successful. You also need help. You need to get a partner, somebody that will walk with you, work with you, hold you accountable. We don't do very well a lot of times all by ourselves. And lastly, what we need to make sure that we do if we want to see things change in our life is we need to be persistent. We can't give up whenever we make mistakes. I say this, that the only way that we fail, I shared this last week, the only two ways that we really fail is number one, if we don't learn from our mistakes. And number two, if we give up and we quit, we quit trying. I believe this, that our life is about failing forward, that as we do things, as we experience things, that God wants to help us to become more like him. So here are some things, though, I believe that we need to resolve ourselves to a few things as a community. These are things that I'm believing for in my life, and I'm also believing for you. You see, resolve means to be firmly determined to do something. And here are three things that I would like for you to resolve to do with me this year. First of all, that we would be resolved to move forward in our life that we're not going to stay where we're at right now, that we're not going to allow anything to hold us back. Secondly, that we would be resolved to make Jesus first in everything that we do, that we would put Jesus at the center of our lives, and we're going to learn how to do that more and more each day. And thirdly, that you would be resolved, and I would be resolved to be a difference maker, that God has significantly strategically placed each one of us to make a difference in people's lives around us. You see, the first thing we want to talk about is what I think is the most important to start with, that we have to make a decision this year that we will move forward. Now, the problem with that is 
sometimes we can feel like we're stuck in neutral. Have you ever felt that in your life where you just feel like your wheels are spinning and you're not going anywhere? Or that you're going in circles and it seems like you're passing the same uh, uh, things in your life that just kind of keep coming around in in a full circle? Well, I believe this, that we need to shift out of neutral. I remember when I was learning how to drive that one of the things that I had to do because my stepdad made me was I had to learn how to drive a manual transmission, full clutch, brake, all of that. Now, I'm sorry for those of you that are learning to drive in this day and age. I think they're making you soft. Uh, The the automatic transmission is great, but you don't really know how to drive, in my opinion, until you can drive a stick shift, you know, until you know how to put things in gear. And so not only did I learn how to drive with a a clutch, there's some guys that are like, that's real driving, Pastor. You're, You're talking about it. That's how race car drivers drive. Anyways, I remember when I was learning to drive that we, we, we didn't just live in a nice flat area. We lived on a very hilly region. And I remember there were times when my, my, my stepdad would say, okay, we're going to go drive. And he'd take me to this one stop sign that was like on the hill. And he'd be like, all right, I want you to let off the brake. I'm like, okay. But the car starts going back. You know, it starts slipping. And of course, when you're learning how to do this, it's very uncomfortable. And so I would stall out the car on the hill. There would be a lineup of cars behind, honking their horn. It, was, it wasn't really cool. Well, then there were times that I'd be like, okay, I'm not going to do that. And I'd just let off the clutch as fast as I can. And the car would like smoke and rocket. And I was like, now that's cool. When driving, the object is to move forward, right? Not to stay in neutral or even in reverse. This year I want to put my life into drive. I want you to put your life into drive and to make sure that I'm not in neutral where the best things in life are passing me by. You see, we can get stuck in places or even drive around in circles where there's lots of movement but no progress. This year I'm believing God wants to give each and every one of you great progress in your life. And as we look forward to this, I want to go to who we're going to look at in the Bible that I believe is our example of somebody who was resolved in his life not to fall into things. He was resolved to move forward. And this is the person of the name of Daniel. Daniel's one of my favorite Bible characters in the Bible. Now Daniel, we have to understand a little bit about Daniel if we're going to talk about him. That Daniel actually grew up in Jerusalem. He was part of nobility. He was royalty as far as in his class. And at a certain time in his life, whether he was a late teen or a young adult, King Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, and all of his forces came and invaded Jerusalem and Judah, their country, and ended up destroying his city. They ended up ransacking it. I believe that that Daniel actually experienced his parents and other relatives being killed. And so the the king ended up saying that he wanted to keep some of these young men to serve in his royal court. So he took them from where they lived and brought them to Babylon and began to train them. Now, part of the issue with this as well, I mean, this would not have been a great year being uprooted from where you lived, taken to a new place. But not only that, they made each of his friends and himself eunuchs. They, they, they took away his manhood. Now, who would say that would not be a great year, a great experience? 
It's not how I would like to start off my year. I'm just telling you that right now. You see, it would have been easy for Daniel and his friends to get stuck where they were and not move forward. It would have been easy for them to, to be in a place where they weren't willing to really press into the things of God because I, I, I feel like they could have been really disappointed. But we see as we move into Daniel's life that he was faced with some opportunities. He was faced with some challenges that he had to either jump into or move away from. And I want to read from you in Jan, uh, Daniel chapter 2, verse 1, a scenario that he was facing. And it says this, in the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had dreams. His mind was troubled and he could not sleep. So the king summoned the magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers to tell him what he had dreamed. When they came and stood before the king, he said to them, I've had a dream that troubles me and I do not, and I want to know what it means. Then the astrologers answered the king, may the king live forever. Tell your servants the dream and we will interpret it. The king replied to the astrologers, this is what I firmly decided. If you do not tell me what my dream was and interpret it, I will have you cut into pieces and your houses turned into piles of rubble. Who here thinks that is a great plan? But if you tell me the dream and explain it, you will receive from me gifts, rewards, and great honor. So tell me the dream and interpret it for me. Uh, whoa. That's a pretty amazing thing. You know, it would be one thing for the king to say, you know what, I, I had this dream, here's what it was, could you explain this to me? But that's not what he did. The king actually went to all of his wise men, his astrologers, his different people that, that, that would, would work by divination and things. He said, you know, I want to know that this is really a true interpretation, so here's what you're going to need to do. You're going to have to, first of all, tell me what my dream was. And then give me the interpretation. And if you don't, I'm not only going to kill you, I'm going to kill your family and your kids' kids. I mean, he's a, this was a pretty serious thing. You know, I believe for Daniel, he could have looked at this situation and been overwhelmed. Who here thinks that would have been a very overwhelming situation? He could have been in a place maybe because of the place that he was in that he was still struggling maybe with some bitterness or anger about what happened to him. And so he, he just wasn't in a, a good place. He was maybe hoping that somebody else would do it. He could have been afraid. It would have been very understandable if he would have been afraid and just backed off. He could have looked at the situation and been discouraged, but Daniel decided to move forward. He decided that he was going to shift out of where he was and allow God to use him where he was at. And it says this, that in Daniel chapter 2, verse 14 and 19, when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, had gone out to put to death the wise men of Babylon, Daniel spoke to him with wisdom and tact. Always good to do that with the king. He asked the king's officers, why did the king issue such a harsh decree? Ariat just then explained the matter to Daniel. At this, Daniel went into the king and asked him for time so that he might interpret the dream for him. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, who were actually Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. 
During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. I think I would too. You see, I believe this, that Daniel had an understanding that somewhere, somehow, God would help him. Whether it was in life or it was in death, that God was going to be with him. He understood that it was not based solely on his ability, but on his obedience. I want you to know one of the greatest things that we can give God is our obedience to him. Faith and obedience are synonymous. But there's some things that I want you to understand that maybe right now you are facing some difficulties right where you're sitting right here today. That you may not know what to do. You might feel some discouragement. You might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed. I want you to know this, first of all, and we can see this from the story. I want you to understand this, that God has uniquely equipped you for something special. That every single one of you is uniquely equipped to handle whatever situation that you're going through. That God has given you a grace and he's given you a measure of, of, of his wisdom if you seek him to do what he's called you to do. Too often we look at what we do not have in areas of talent, looks, or personality. We forget that each one of us has been uniquely made by God to be a difference maker. I remember when I was growing up, I had first become a follower of Jesus. And the church that I grew up in, there was this old elderly couple. They were so precious. They were wonderful. But they both had rheumatoid arthritis. They could barely hold anything, but they just loved Jesus, and they, they loved encouraging people. And I remember these folks would, had the gift of writing cards that they would send to different people of the church, just letting them know that they were thinking about them, that God was thinking about them. And they always seemed to come at just the most opportune time. You see, they didn't look at what they couldn't do. They looked at what God had allowed them to do, what he had gifted them to do. So I say this, that God has uniquely equipped you for something special. God has also placed you where you are so that you can be a different maker, difference maker. Don't look at your job if you feel like it's a dead end right now. Maybe God has put you there for such a time as this. Maybe you're in difficult relationships or you're facing seasons of frustrations. You can look at them and we can interpret those things as signs that somehow maybe God is not with us. But can I tell you, maybe he has you right where he wants you. Because he wants to use you. He wants you to be available to help somebody, help maybe influence a friend or a coworker. It might be that you are uniquely positioned to help others who are facing hopelessness find love and peace. And lastly, we see this, that when we see who we are, when we understand that we're equipped for something special, that we're placed to be a difference maker, that God will promote those who trust and obey him. In Daniel chapter 2, verses 48 to 49, it says this, then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. Can, I, can we thank God today that when we lock into God and place our trust in him, we can't help but be moved forward in him. We can't help but be moved forward but how about where we're at right now? 
What are some keys in 2017 for us to move forward? I've got four keys that I want to share with you that God wants us to embrace, I believe, for this year. If you want to move forward, first of all, I want to share this with you. You have to let go of your disappointments. You got to let go of the disappointments of yesterday. Now, here's what I want you to understand. When I say this, I believe this, that we need to acknowledge our hurts. That when things hurt us, we need to acknowledge that it hurts us. There's nothing spiritual spiritual about ignoring pain. When I was growing up, that used to be taught to us as believers that if you really had a lot of faith, you, you just ignored all of the pain and the heartache and the hurt that was around you. I don't believe that you get anywhere by ignoring pain. Pain tells you something needs to change. But here's what I do believe we need to do. We need to learn how to release our disappointments to Jesus. We need to allow him to carry our burdens. We need to let him carry our burdens. Now, the scripture always frustrated me for many years of my life in Matthew eleven thirty, 30, where it says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I was like, God, I don't feel a light and easy burden in my life. I feel a lot of pressure. I feel a lot of things that are kind of crowding on me. And then God began to speak to me. He said, Todd, the reason that you feel that way is because you're carrying things that you shouldn't be carrying. And they're slowing you down and they're weighing you down. You know, those, those, those things that are frustrating you, those things that are, have hurt you, those things that have bothered you, I want you to learn how to give them to me. I remember when I, one day it was, I was playing hockey. I used to do that way back when. And I was carrying my hockey bag from my car. Now I had to park a long ways from the arena and it was like minus 30 out. And you know when you get out of the car and you're doing something and you realize that maybe you didn't wear a heavy enough coat and it's really cold and you're like, my goodness, I need to get to where I'm going like really quick but you're carrying stuff and you're like, you can't move any faster. You know, it's one of those days where just when the wind hits you, it gives you brain freeze. It was like that. I was trying to run, but I couldn't get very fast. Why? Because I was carrying too much weight. I believe some of you here today are just carrying too much weight. And if you want to move forward in 2017, Jesus is asking you, will you give me your burdens? Will you let go of those things so that I can take them? I will carry them for you if you will give them to me. You see, hurt can be a trap to us. It can cause us to say things like, I won't try that again. I won't trust anyone like that again. I can't let go of that something that was so wrong, and yet Jesus is saying, give it to me so that you can experience my freedom. Jesus wants you to have freedom. The first thing you've got to do if you want to move forward is let go of your disappointment. Secondly, you might need to change your game plan. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're going to live differently, if you're going to move forward, if you're going to get out of what things have been or always been, if you're going to get out of neutral because you've been stuck, you feel like you've been going in a circle, you can't keep doing what you're doing and expect different results. You cannot keep living your life the same way that you always live it and expect for things to be different. That is the definition of insanity, my friend doing the same things over and over again and expecting it to, do, to be different. You need to, you must live and think differently. 
Let me give you some examples. If you want to lose weight, you must eat different food. You gotta change what you're doing. I'm learning that right now, that as much as I want to lose weight, I cannot do it by eating Big Mac meals at McDonald's. It just isn't going to work out for me. If you want to pay down your debt, you must spend your money differently. You can't keep doing things the same way. You gotta change the way that you do stuff. If you want to better marriage, you must spend your time differently. Can I hear an amen to that? We gotta change where we spend our time, what we invest our time with. If you want to grow closer to God, you need to make more space for him in your life. You can't keep going through the same routine day after day after day and expect it to produce something differently. So many times we wanna see better results without changing anything. I watched over the holidays some television and the commercials are just amazing. If you take this pill, you don't have to change your food diet. You don't have to exercise more. You'll lose 20 pounds in a month. I'm like, wow. Now, does that really work? And are my kidneys still functioning by the time I'm done with? I I don't know. It kind of sounds scary to me. (laughs) I had a friend who when I was growing up that I used to play golf with, who had, could have been really good except that he had this humongous slice. That's where you hit the ball and it goes over here and then it goes this way. And, and, and what was amazing, he was a really good athlete. He had a lot of good skills. But instead of working on his swing, he just would change his aim. And so instead of this being the fairway and hitting this way, he would literally turn like this, so that the ball would maybe end up in the fairway. I said, man, you got to change your swing. He's like, nah, that seems like too much work. And so he'd all, he he would lose a lot of distance and he would, he wouldn't do very well. So he had, he had very little consistency. Now I want to say this as a pastor, I see many people that in order to get by in life, they lower their aim or their expectation of what God wants them to do because they're unwilling to change. I believe this, if you want to change, then you've got to change some habits. And if you really struggle with changing habits, get somebody to help you. Work together with somebody. God will bless you for that. The third thing, if we want to move forward in 2017, I want to share this, is you've got to catch the vision for this moment. Now, as followers of Jesus... Man, I love being encouraged about what my future holds. I love it when I hear a prophetic word that says, one day I will do this. But who here knows that sometimes you need to know what you need to do now, in this moment. And I believe this, that if we want to move forward, God has some things that he wants us to understand that he's trying to teach us in the moment that we're in right now. I believe this, that, you, that God doesn't want you to miss that opportunity to, to learn some things or to do what he wants you to do. God wants us to get a vision for him in, for our everyday life situations. Now, moving forward is not necessarily a change of address. Some people think, you know what, I gotta change jobs. I gotta move to a new city. I've gotta change some relationships. I gotta change churches. I gotta change this. I gotta change that. But you know what I've learned in life? That to move forward is more of a change of 
attitude than it is a change of address. It's how we see things. It's how we look at things. And I believe this, that a lot of it depends on how, what our perspective is. And I believe that we should not let any season go to waste, but we should make the most of every circumstance that God allows us to walk through, whether it is fun or it is painful, whether it is exciting or it's frustrating. I remember when I was in 18 years old, I made a decision that I was going to quit playing baseball because it took me so far away from being involved in my church. I was 18, and I'd made a decision that I wanted to be a youth leader. I was going to help in our youth ministry. I was going to help some of the younger kids. And so I made this decision that was really hard for some people in my family because they felt like I was throwing some opportunities away. But I felt in my heart that this is what God wanted me to do. And I remember that after serving for a while, it had been about three or four months, that this one young man that I had invested most of my time in turned against me. And it hurt me. And I was mad, and I was upset, and I was frustrated, and I began to ask God, like, I could be playing baseball right now. That's actually fun. And I wanted to quit, and I wanted to give up, because I didn't like it. But I remember in that moment, God began to stir in my heart. He began to speak to me, even at a young age of 18 years old, and he began to challenge me with some things. And here's what God actually, he gave me a couple questions. He first of all asked me this, would I be willing to be hurt if it meant seeing a life changed? Would I be willing to go through hurt if it meant seeing somebody changed? And secondly, he asked me, Would I be willing to stick things out when others would probably leave? God gave me the vision for that moment. He gave me some understanding that he wasn't just just preparing me for that moment, but he also was going to use me in that moment, but he was preparing me for future things that I would be doing. I believe I'm standing here before you today because I said, God, I'm willing to go through a little bit of pain I'm willing to deal with a few things in order to see. Catch the vision for the moment that you're in. Ask God what he's up to. And you will be amazed when he opens your eyes to see what's going on. And here's the last thing, and I think this is really important. This is important all the time. If we're going to move forward in 2017, this is secondly, fourthly, to give God glory for all situations. We've got to learn how to be thankful for everything in our life. You see, if we can grab a hold of thankfulness, you see, our predisposition is typically to be negative. Our predisposition when things don't go our way is that we like to complain, that we like to go into a place where we all of a sudden feel like, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And yet we may be Forget that God might be not forsaking you, but he might be preparing you for something greater that he wants to do in your life in the future. The Bible says this, and not everybody loves the scripture. I know that I sure didn't enjoy it the first few times I read it. It says that God disciplines those whom he loves. That God, when he calls us to things, allows us to go through things so that we will learn how to control our emotions and our attitudes and the way that we respond to things. Why? Because God wants to entrust us with more of his power and his authority. But he doesn't want us to be emotional basket cases when he gives us that authority. He wants us to be disciplined in our heart.
our mind and our spirit. But we need how to learn how to thank him for everything that he does. Because why we're blessed people. And I say today, if you're here and you're breathing air and you have food to eat and a place to live, God has blessed you and that he loves you. And there's so many things to be thankful for. And that even the things that you look at that are, seem like they're negative, if you will allow God to, he will use you and speak to you and show you things. He challenges those whom he has greater plans for. I believe it with all my heart. Today as we launch into 2017, I say this, let's shift out of neutral. Let's be resolved to move forward in our lives. We need to make sure that we don't allow current situations or past mistakes hold us back from experiencing God and what he wants to do in our lives. That we shouldn't back down from new challenges, but we should embrace each day as an opportunity to grow and learn. God has so much for each one of you. I believe it with all my heart. I believe God has so much good things in all situations. We need to decide to move forward. Are you deciding to move forward today? Let go of your past. Maybe you need to change your routine. Maybe you need to learn how to catch the vision for this moment and to give God the glory. But I have to say this today. Maybe you're here today and you're listening to what I am sharing with you. Maybe you're here today and you feel stuck. You feel like that every time you try to shift that the gears are just grinding, that the wheels are spinning. But I want you to know today that God wants to give you new traction. He wants to move you forward if you'll just acknowledge him. Maybe you need help letting go of some hurts, wounds, or disappointment. You know you can start this year with a clean slate. Maybe you need eyes to see what God is doing in this moment of your life. You need to press in instead of checking out. I believe that these are things that God wants to do for us.